Hi, we're the ladies of LifeSite, and we're so glad you're here. We're ladies simply navigating the challenges and triumphs of this modern culture as moms, wives, sisters, and daughters. Join us each week as we discuss the raw questions and situations that we face every day from our unique perspectives. So grab your cup of coffee, tea, or beverage of choice, and let's dive into this week's episode. Hi, I'm Rebecca. Hi, I'm Maddie. Hi, I'm Claire. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Ladies of LifeSite. We're actually at episode 20, which I can hardly believe that we've got 20 episodes at this point. So I'm excited because I'm joined by Maddie and Claire today. Lisa is still on maternity leave for just a little bit longer. And while we can't wait to have her back because she's just part of our tribe and community, we are so glad that she's having the opportunity to kind of settle into being a mama of three and, and figuring out what that's like. So I'm sure any of you mamas that have had to, had to, uh, do that postpartum experience, understand what that's like, whether it's with one or two or, or three or four or five. So it's a little interesting, but we have been talking a little bit offline just about various topics and, and kind of reading through some of the survey responses that we've gotten from you guys, which it's still going to be open. I think we'll leave it open for maybe one or two more weeks just to get a couple more responses. So if you haven't taken the survey, here's my, my plug to do so, because we'd love to hear from you. But kind of the similar theme in a lot of the responses that we've gotten, and then a couple of a couple of us have just been talking and had the topic of community just weighing on us. And there's kind of just a number of stories that have been floating around amongst us that I think would be awesome to kind of share and then kind of dive into this topic of how do we build a better community? What does that look like? And all of that amongst kind of where we are in society, what's going on in today's today's world, and then also what we're called to do by Christ and his commandments and what does that look like as the body of Christ. So Maddie, I'm gonna kick it over to you because I think the the you just came back from some vacation and time with your family. And obviously family is the first community that we that we ever get to know. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about kind of your your vacation and then you shared an experience earlier that I'd love for you to share with our listeners about community. Yeah, of course. And I love that. It's just such a good reminder that our family really is our first community. We joke uh, in my family sometimes very, very jokingly that we don't like people except for each other, that we're just our own little tight knit clan. That's not entirely true, but um, the idea of family being that first community, that first kind of domestic church, I think is so important. And important for us to remember and to spend time with our family. But like you said, Reba, when I was on vacation, um, I grew up in a very small farm town. So anybody who's lived in a small town or been to a small town, you know that life is very different from big city or suburb living. So when I was growing up, there were only two houses for probably a mile, mile and a half. It was us and our neighbors and they had younger kids. And we literally were either at our house or at our neighbor's house. We just lived together. It's, it's just what we did and it's how we did it. And there was never any question about that. But one of the other really nice things about growing up in a small town is you run into people all the time. So when we went home, coincidentally, there was a funeral for a really dear, sweet uh, 
elderly lady who also happens to be my parents' neighbor. Um, and we went to the funeral. And when we were there, one of the things that her son said in her eulogy was she was always fundraising for things. And that when you saw her car pull into your driveway, you pulled out your checkbook because you knew she'd be fundraising for a good cause. And I know that it sounds like really silly, but the very first thing I thought of was when I was younger, people used to just come over. They didn't text. They didn't call. They just show up and we always just welcomed them in. It was great to see them, but that's not something that we do anymore. It would be so weird. I'll be honest. If somebody pulled into my driveway, my first thought would be, what's that car doing in my driveway? Not, oh, who's coming to visit me? Like it was when I was little. And it just really struck me. I'm not sure if it's a big city difference or if it's just, you know, a time of society difference. But why can't we do that anymore? Why can't I just show up and go visit somebody across town maybe a couple months ago? And I thought, oh, I should stop in and visit, you know, XYZ person. And I thought, oh, no, they'll think that's weird. They'll think that that's so strange. I can't just drop in on somebody. I was talking to a mom friend of mine and she said, I want to just open up my house. You know, every day from these hours, just come by, bring your kids, come play, come do whatever. And I, and she said, but is that weird? I said, no, that's community paying close enough to people that just come on by whenever you want. Like my house is an open door. I think that that's important. I think we've lost that, right? Why do we need to, to call people before? I mean, look, if you show up at my house and you haven't called me, my house will be a mess. I'll probably be wearing grungy clothes. Like my life is not perfect, but after I get over the embarrassment of you seeing like my real raw life, it's so beautiful that you came. It's so beautiful that we can be together, that we can be communal creatures just completely spontaneously. Who cares what all I have to get done? Who cares what else is on that to-do list? We're, we're, we're communal creatures. We need to be together. So let's, I mean, I don't know. It just, I just, I want, I want more of that. I crave that. Your friend's comment about opening up her house. I read a book a couple, several years ago. It was like right before I got married or I don't know, in our first year of marriage. And it talked about hospitality and just the, the the spiritual gift of hospitality and what does that look like? And even if that's not your spiritual gifting, how do you how do you do something with that? And I'll never forget, because this is the one, it was like a it was a pretty thick book. And the one thing that I came away from it was this phrase of dinners at six. And it was this idea that you just kind of let it be known that this is dinner time and if you're nearby my house then stop by and we'll put dinner on the table for you like join us for dinner because part of being part of community is is sharing life together and 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 breaking bread together and so i actually have a canvas in our like kitchen dining room area that says dinners at 6 and then when my parents went on vacation at some point, they ended up getting us like a cutting board and it was engraved on that. So I also have that. So we have this mentality, not that anybody has really ever taken us up on that, but I always, I've always craved and wanted someone to just stop by our house <laughs> in time for dinner so that I can just put a meal out for them and that, and that that would just be, I don't know, something special. So I get that. I get that desire and craving for somebody to to do that even if it would just be a little bit weird or awkward the first few times i'll be there i won't be there till tomorrow but i'll be there (laughs) be careful what you wish for 
Please do. Please do. <laughs> Drive a couple hours. What's eight or ten hours for dinner? No big deal. I think that's so beautiful. But at the same time, I have to say, like, as a planner, as a super type A person, it just scares me. Like, I want that and I crave that. But it scares me at the same time. Like, I didn't make dinner for 12 people. I made dinner for two people. Or, you know, like, I feel like I'm always making these excuses for why we just need to, like, isolate or just need to... You know, no, it's okay. We're we're good like we are. And and I just love the trust and the the beauty in what you're saying because that's what it is. It's it's being flexible, it's being open and it's recognizing the beauty in 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 another human being and that it's so much more beautiful than who cares if we're all eating a different meal because I had to heat up leftovers because I didn't make, you know, plan for three extra people. It's it's so much more meaningful that you showed up. Um, and I, I love everybody, you know, you were telling us earlier, and I, I would love to have you expound upon it, but um, you were talking about just visiting people and how at first, you, you're, our first thought is always, well, that's weird, or no, I won't, or oh, they're busy. And we just got to start to get over that. We got to start to let go of all this control that we feel like we need to be in all the time. The story that Maddie's referencing, I actually went to a coffee shop this morning in the next town over and was just going to work for a few hours and then kind of get my brain wrapped around stuff away from away from the house. You know how it works. So I'm there. I got like a really delicious coffee. So I texted some friends and told them about it. And the, the husband was like, you mean to tell me that you were in town and you didn't stop by? And of course, he was, he was kind of just giving me a hard time and, and joking and, um, you know, it was, it was, it was just doing what we do. But I I did. I actually sat there and kind of evaluated, like, why didn't I stop by? And honestly, it goes back to kind of what you were talking about, Maddie, where it's, oh, it would be a little bit awkward, or maybe they were busy. But kind of as you were putting those excuses out there that I could easily grab hold of one of those and say, yeah, that's the reason I didn't stop by. In the end, I was like, well, I didn't really want to, like, I didn't want to show up and, like, be vulnerable enough to that. Which is funny because I'd be going to their house, but I didn't really want to be seen in that moment in in terms of like I was focused on work and my head was other places. And and so in a lot of ways, it was really me not wanting to show up to them. And I think that that's that kind of speaks a little bit broader to this issue that it's not even worried about what my house would look like or things like that, but really the vulnerability of it. I think that that would be that would be interesting to kind of flesh out a little bit more. But at the same time, I also have this thought because Claire, you come from kind of you grew up in the Philippines. You have a very different culture, and I know you've talked a lot about the the difference in the culture and society that you are accustomed to, and kind of what people did. And I'd love to hear a little bit more about that, and then kind of where things are now. It's interesting you say that because I was just thinking about that. It's been 25 years since I've been to the Philippines or since I lived in the Philippines. So things could be very different now. Um, But when I visited, I think it was like 10 years ago, 10, 15 years ago, I remember stopping by my godmother's house and I just stopped by completely unannounced and she thought completely nothing of it. Like she sat with me for a couple hours. I have no idea if she had a doctor's appointment or she had 
grocery shopping to do, but she just sat with me for two hours. And that has always stuck with me and kind of was just like what we were, what we've been talking about that it's just, it's so weird that we, I don't know if we just get so caught up in our own lives or if it's our own insecurities, but I don't, do we overthink these things? Because when I, like, when I got to my godmother's house, we just sat, we just talked and it was no big deal. And I do wonder if, like, what has changed? Because my parents, if you stop by my parents' house unannounced, they would think nothing of it. But here we are, like, if you stop by my house, I might not answer the door. <laughs> Just, I don't, I don't know why, you know, like, I, I, I don't know if, if I don't like the surprise of it or what, but I did. I grew up in a very awesome community and I guess it hasn't transferred to me because I'm not very welcoming when it comes to people coming to my house. I think Reba really hit the the nail on the head when she said that a lot of it has to do with vulnerability because I do feel like today we're expected to you know have things all perfect or we have such a long to-do list or we're just so tired because we haven't slept in days that I just don't want to like I can't think and carry a conversation. I can't do XYZ. I'm not wearing you know the right clothes. I haven't showered in a week. And then just also being with people in a completely unscripted, surprising, unexpected way, like that spontaneity. It's been completely bred out of us. We can text and talk and be on social media and it makes us feel like we're, you know, engaging with other people, but we're not. We need that face to face. We need to stop being lonely, so to speak. But I think that it has to do with being vulnerable. It's so much easier to have a conversation over text. I can think for 25 minutes about this response I want to send. I can type it up 15 times before I, you know, finally get the right words to say or whatever it may be because I just, I don't want to say the wrong thing. Even more than that too, I know especially for me, like something happened this morning, like I got a message and it just kind of set me a little bit off. Like I was just a little bit irritated and so if I if somebody had like walked up to me at this coffee shop and somebody that I known, I I probably wouldn't have been very open and bubbly, you know, like and so I wouldn't really I didn't really want anybody to see me in this like irritated state. And it's in, like it's interesting cuz that you're talking about, you know, talking about vulnerability where it's like if these people are truly my friends and truly my community, and these, you know, especially the people in this town that I was talking about, this couple, they're part of the body of Christ. Like, if they had seen me in that moment and they knew something was wrong, they'd ask what was wrong and they probably would have just stopped right there and prayed with me, which is probably more of what I needed than to just let the the issue fester, which is what I did all morning. <laughs> so I, I think it's interesting because it is it goes even beyond just the, like you said, I get to think about my response and make sure that it's, it is what I'm looking for. But it's also, I don't want people to see me when I'm, when I'm angry or frustrated or flustered because yeah, like you said, I'm not, I'm not 100% perfect or, or I'm not on and I didn't have time to like put a, put a face on and, and measure up. And I kind of wonder, did these thoughts kind of cross the mind? I think of like a 1950s, like housewife at home and, people just stopping by with a basket of bread or whatever. Did these thoughts cross their minds at all during, you know, during this season in our society where it was more normal for people to stop by? Or was it, like you said, it's just been, that kind of thing has been completely bred out of us. And I, I just wonder. We should ask them. <laughs> well, I mean, because 
to go back to like your, who was it that you saw? My godmother. So your godmother, like, did she think to herself, okay, I'll just put it aside. Like I'll put, put aside the, the dishes that I have. I'll put aside the laundry that I was planning on folding because I'm going to spend time with Claire. If she did, I wouldn't know. And that's kind of the beauty of it. But I think too, like going back to what you said, like, even if I did know that, she can just be like, you want to help me fold laundry? And I wouldn't mind going to a friend's house and being like, if she's like, can you help me fold laundry while we talk? Which I've probably done before. That goes back to being vulnerable enough to ask for help. Because I know I wouldn't normally be like, here, do you want to sit and fold laundry with me? In your experience, and I've kind of thinking about like, how do we get past this? How do we get past our... Um, insecurities and vulnerabilities and all this because one of the things that I had read a long long time ago is never apologize for the state of your home and I try to remember that because like kids live here you know there's tons of toys everywhere and I'm not the most organized person but like never apologize for your home which I loved because I always feel bad like whenever I go to my friend's house and they're like I'm so sorry for my house and this and this and I just I know I feel bad being there when they apologize for their house. Does that make sense? I think it's hard and I I don't really know when that started. Why did we start feeling the need to apologize for like our home and how it is and how we live? Like just welcome them in. And if like if you're just welcoming and you just start talking and having a conversation, then it's it is what it is. Like nobody's gonna notice that stuff. They're gonna notice you. And the other really great advice was actually from Claire, our wonderful editorial director. She's like, "Come over to my house anytime. I won't cook for you, but I am really good at getting Uber Eats, <laughs> which I love." I'm like, I love that. Like it's there's no shame in getting takeout, not having you know a Pinterest spread in front of you. In some ways, at least I know. We had some friends come into town. They're out of town friends. I've known, I've known her. Funny enough, her name is Claire, but she I've known her since I was like two. So we've been friends for years. We've been through it all, which is funny because I still feel this need to kind of have like a a good like good looking home. My house has to be clean, even when she comes over. And I'm like this this friend of like she's been through it all. She's seen the worst of the worst. Like. She's seen arguments with my brothers. She's seen it all. So I don't know why I still feel this like underlying need to have my house clean when she comes over. But we talked about like, should we make something? Should we just get something out? And then the end, I was like, you know what? I'm going to be much better and much more like present for the like two hours that we have to talk. If we just go grab something to eat and bring it back versus me trying to make something and than worrying about whether it's going to taste good or not. So I love that you mentioned Claire Cretien's, you know, idea of, I'm not going to make anything for you, but I can at least call it in <laughs> because there's something something beautiful in that as well. I don't know. I think it's also kind of, I'm going to tie this back to family. If your mom just randomly showed up at your house, right? I would, my mom's a very tidy person. I'd be a little embarrassed by how dirty my house was, but first and foremost, I would be so excited my mom was over. I would just be like, thrilled that I got to spend time with my mom when I wasn't expecting it or even if I was expecting it and I think that it just goes back to you know our our family is our first community but that doesn't mean that our other communities can't be close in a similar way to our family I'm not saying that our community can replace our family but why not when you know your friend with three other kids comes over 
why can't that be a similar experience to, you know what, I'm just so excited you're here. I don't even care what my house looks like. I don't care that I can't feed you or I'm not gonna cook for you. I'm just happy you're here and I'm getting to spend this beautiful quality time with you. And I think that that like starting to be able to develop deep friendships and relationships like that is really important. It's very difficult, don't get me wrong. I'm one of those people who I'm, I am, people think I'm extroverted, but I'm, I'm not. I'm really an isolationist. So when my sister was at my wedding, she joked that she knew she would be my maid of honor because I had no other friends. I'm one of those kind of people. So I, I, I don't know the answer to being more vulnerable with people to, you know, being able to set up that community. But I know that I need to start working on it, not for me, but for my, for my child, like for my kids. I know that my little one is super extroverted. And so like, he's the only reason I ever get out and go see people. But in developing these new relationships, I realized that there are so many other moms who are craving that community too, who want other people to spend time with, but either they feel like they can't bring their kids along or they, you know, they can't keep their kids quiet or whatever it may be. And it's been really beautiful starting some of these relationships or rekindling some of these relationships and just being super raw and open because I'm just at a stage where I'm like, you know what, if I, if we can't be close and you know, super vulnerable with each other, then that's okay. I'll just move on. Like we, I don't need another superficial friendship in my life. If I need to put on mascara or wear nice clothes to come see you, I'm not sure that that's a friendship I can really sustain at the moment. And so something that's been really opening for me has been just telling like, Hey, I have no community and I need to build one. Or, you know, sometimes I do get really lonely or, you know, whatever it may be. And it's amazing to me to see these other moms open up and say the same thing. We went over to a mom's house the other day and she said, you know, I just, I miss the community I had in college. I'm thinking about just opening up my home for one hour every day. If you want to come over between these times, just come, you know, you, you know, you can stop at any time. You don't have to call. You don't have to text, whatever, just show up. And I thought that that was beautiful, but also really insightful of the fact that we're missing community, especially as moms, we get so caught up chasing our kids around or, or, you know, I can't take my kid out. He's too noisy. He's too whatever. I can't take him over to another person's house. All I do is chase him around. I can't even talk to the other mom that we kind of forget that other moms are just like us too, right? Like that other mom whose house is sparkling clean probably had to take 20 minutes before you showed up to make it clean. And if you, you know, when she shows up to your house and it's a mess, I think at least I do inside of me, I smile and I think, you know what? It's, it happens to me all the time. So I think that that's also like part of this is just remembering that people will have grace with us just like we have grace with other people. I was thinking, this is, this is just my my thought process while you were sharing all of that. There was like, I, I'm off of Instagram now. I have been since they decided to change their rules and be crazy, but that's another, another side. So I won't get into that, but I'm not on this anymore, but I had like a bunch of people that I was following and it was really interesting because there for a couple of years, probably during, during the first part of my marriage, there was like this trend on social media to like take a picture of your messy house and like post it on social. And I, I get where people were coming from to kind of make sure that people understood, like you, you can't have a Pinterest perfect life all the time. You're, you know, this isn't reality when people show the one half of their kitchen or the quarter of their house that's like perfectly clean all the time. So I get that. And then over the next couple of years, there became this trend on social media where it was almost like, who can be the hottest mess? Like, 
how how far can we go in sharing our quote unquote vulnerability and showing how messy our house is? And as I was getting off of social media and Instagram and all of those places, there's like this trend coming back to just actual authenticity and that true vulnerability. And that's what you're talking about, Maddie, where it's this figuring out exactly how far and what level of vulnerability you can have with the varying degrees of friendship and community and then figuring out who's going to accept that or or accept you in the in the season that you're in whether that means that you can get together every week or whether it means you're going to hang out you know every 3 months or something like that and whether that means that you have to get dressed and and ready and your house clean versus uh, just showing up in a t-shirt and a messy bun knowing that I haven't showered in a couple of days, you know? So I think it's interesting because there is that kind of, I mean, you have to obviously pray over your friendships and and kind of figure out who's going to be that lasting person who's willing to to do that. So I think it's also a little bit of pulling in the Holy Spirit and his nudgings as well. He's going to kind of guide that if you're open to it, I think. And I think there's something beautiful about that in, in terms of knowing exactly who you can be this vulnerable with versus that vulnerable with what would you do if a friend just happened to stop by and like let's say five minutes from now friend stops by what would you do can i say it depends on the friend just kidding i was gonna say the same thing (laughs) i was gonna say the same thing it depends on who it is i may not open the door me i i like i just show up at your door in five minutes I would scream and hug you because it's been a long time since I've seen you. Well, it has been a real long time. No, but I think really, I i mean, I would just accept whoever it was in and just say, hey, here we are. Like, I'm currently in sweatpants and a t-shirt and a messy bun and we've got laundry on the floor waiting to be folded. So I just probably at this point, given our conversation right now, I'd say, want to help me fold laundry while we talk? I know that my my son's godmother will just drop by sometimes and I love it. My first thought is like, oh my goodness, my house is a mess or, you know, whatever it may be. And it's a little bit of anxiety and panic. But then my next thought is, wow, it's so exciting to get to see her. It's so sweet. She took the time to come by. And so like after the first five minutes or even three minutes of my life is not in order and I have so many other things to do, I just... I love that time because sometimes I won't set aside the time otherwise, if that makes sense. So I, I think if somebody stopped by all of a sudden right now, my first thought would be panic and then it would be excitement and joy. And let me go get dressed really quick. That would be like my first thing. I'm like, let me change out of these grungy clothes really quick. And then let me get you some coffee and some cookies that are probably stale. Here, make yourself a cup of coffee while I uh, figure out what's going on here. Yeah. It was actually really funny. Speaking of like just doing things, we went over to the same couple's house that I was talking about earlier, and we were going to watch their kids while they went to a wedding reception. And she kept saying over and over again, like, just do whatever you need to do. Like, you know, go through cabinets, do whatever you need to do. And I'm, I'm typically that kind of host. Like, I'm just like, if you, if you need water, like grab a cup and get water just because it's not even that I'm not trying to be hospitable. I don't know. We're in the middle of the conversation and I'm dealing with kids. So I don't always think about (laughs) other people's needs. (laughs) So like, if you need water, get it. If you want to make coffee at my house, go for it. There's been like very few people 
that I've met in my life that I like hear that from and actually believe that they're serious. But for whatever reason, this this couple has kind of become that. So we were over there and we ended up having to find like clothes for their kids because we were outside playing and they got grunt, you know, dirty and all this stuff. And so we're like rifling through their kids, <laughs> kids drawers trying to find them some clothes. And I know then they got back. Amanda, the, the gal was like, I'm so glad that you did that. Um, because when I say it, I actually mean it. And I, there's just something beautiful in her appreciation of the fact that we took her up on that. And then the fact that she trusted us enough. A, with their kids. So I guess if they trust us enough with their kids, they're going to trust us to go through drawers if we need to. But just that they, they opened up their house to, to that extent. And I just, there's something really beautiful about that. And it actually, there's a lot of respect and like love that came from that interaction, as simple as it was, that it actually made our friendship even better, at least on my side. So I think it's really interesting you know, talking about, oh, somebody stopped by, then I would just go change or whatever and leave them, leave them sitting in the living room by themselves. But I don't know. I just, I think there's something beautiful in that kind of attitude as well. At the same time, I really respect people that are like truly have the gift of hospitality who are like really great at serving. I I aspire to be that, but I I don't think I have that kind of house. So I guess I just need to set it down. <laughs> yeah, I feel you, Reba. I feel like that, that's an area of my life that I really need to work on is hospitality. Not in terms of, like, keeping my house clean, but just, like, the spirit of hospitality and taking care of people. But one of the things, I'm gonna, I want to kind of shift gears a little bit because I'd love to hear from you ladies. And, Reba, I know you do a great job of this because you guys have, like, a little kind of homeschooling co-op. But... I want to talk a little bit about building that community, about finding that community, because like I said, I'm, I was very much before this, I'm a, I'm a one track mind kind of person. And before my husband and I got married, it was work. Then when we got married, it's been work and being a good wife, taking care of the house. And now that um, my little one is here, it's really shifted a lot of, of my priorities and it's forced me to expand that community circle. And I know for me, one of the things that really helped start it was when my mom came to visit, just having her around was just really helpful. It was like that built-in community. But then when she left, we really missed that. It left a hole in our hearts. And so that's when we, I really started, you know, seeking to, to build that community. And there were a couple of moms, obviously my little one is super, super active and cannot sit still or be quiet in church, not even for like 30 seconds. Um, so I, we spend all of mass either in the cry room or walking the halls of the building um, across, the, across the hall from the church. And one of the moms was there and, you know, we started talking and she said, you know, I've only got one little one. I'd love to, you know, maybe, maybe we could do a play date because I feel like all these other moms have so many kids and their kids just entertain themselves and none of them are really interested in a play date. And I thought, oh yeah, I would love that. But she was vulnerable with me first, and we, like, started building that community because she could just say, look, I don't have anybody for my kid to play with. And I think church is a really good place to start to find those people, to be a little bit vulnerable. After I talked to this mom, I saw a mom who was standing in line at confession, and she was holding her infant, and she had, like, her six-year-old daughter next to her. 
And she just looked really frazzled. And I said, you know, I can sit with your daughter while you go to confession. And we, you know, she took me up on the offer. We started talking, but it was, it was that one mom that chose to be vulnerable with me that helped me to then start to see other moms that needed that and start to, to, to be vulnerable with them, to start to invite them into, into community with us, if that makes any sense. And that's, that's where we're building and that's what we're trying, you know, what I'm, we as a family are trying to start on. But I'd really love to hear about your raises experiences because I feel like it's just so hard. I mean, for starters, you don't know where people stand on the COVID stuff, on the vaccine stuff, on their faith, on whatever it may be. And it's just, I mean, you walk out in the world today and six months ago, if you weren't wearing a mask, somebody's going to walk up and pepper spray you or smack your kids or something. I mean, it's, it's terrifying. And then at the same time, we also just got to get over it. So, so whatever insights you guys have, I know I'd love to hear. And I, I think our listeners would also love to hear it. I think that it really does come down to, like you said, just kind of being bold and, and brazen enough to kind of be okay with rejection. Like if somebody doesn't reciprocate that, which in my experience is, is pretty rare. Like, I don't think I've really ever had that happen. And if they don't, they'll, you know, they'll just kind of say, yeah, yeah, whatever, you know, we should definitely do that. And then, and then they'll just kind of never follow up with it. But then there's those people that, that do. So when you, when you do end up taking that step and saying, let's have a play date and see if our kids get along. And you may never have another one. Like you may not jive as well as you thought, you know, initially. And I think that's okay too, because you had that, had that moment, whether it's one day or a couple of months of friendship or, or whatever. I think there's benefit to even the smallest of interactions. I don't know. I, you mentioned like our homeschool co-op, which I've got with my my sister-in-law. So she's, she's a built-in community and she's actually been a a best friend since I was six. And then she married into our family. So speaking of of long-term family. I mean, she's basically been a part of our family since day one. So, so I've got, she's part of our homeschool co-op. And then there's another good friend that is the pastor's wife at the church that we go to and they've got two little ones. I think the funniest interaction probably and how our homeschool co-op grew was I went to a new chiropractor in a town close by and is during last it was like last fall so a lot of stuff was going on and I just had no idea what was going to happen and we walk in and I mean there's like nobody wearing masks which at that point I was already comfortable you know it's like oh thank god because I don't really want to have to do that during a chiropractic adjustment and then you know she and I just started talking she had two little ones she talked about homeschooling and the fact that she went to public school in that small town moved away and then moved back and started her chiropractic business. And the principal of her old school was asking her when she was going to send her little ones to school and that she was saying something about how awkward it is to be like, I'm not, I'm homeschooling my kids. And that got us started. And so at that moment I was like, why don't you come to our homeschool co-op and see if it's something that you would enjoy? And it worked out. It worked out to be that they're really good friends. Our kids get along really well. Husbands drive really well. Sarah and I, we get along really well. So it actually all worked out. But I I often think about what would have happened had she come and then either hated it or or didn't, you know, didn't want to come back. And I'm really thankful that the Lord kind of protected my heart because I was I stepped out and I was vulnerable in asking if she wanted to come. So I'm kind of glad that she didn't. But I think that's kind of what it comes down to is just kind of being okay with 
it not working, which is hard if you don't have community. And really we haven't like Micah and I, we've not really had community until I don't know the last year, 18 months when we moved, moved further North and, and moved to a small town. That's really when our community kind of grew, which is a little bit ironic given that we had so many more opportunities for, for society or community in the city, but that doesn't really answer your question, I don't think, but that's my, at least that's my most recent experience. One thing that has happened to me is that I was introduced to one of my really good friends by someone I just kind of randomly met. I was thinking about renting her apartment or something like that, but she was like, oh, you should meet this person. And she didn't really know me very well. Like she just kind of met me, but she was just like, you seem really cool. And this person seems really cool. You guys should be friends. And she made it happen. Like she invited me to dinner. She invited that person to dinner and became really good friends. And I think people think about that with like couples and dating and things like that. But I just want to encourage everyone to do that with friendships too. Because I think, you know, like if it's, even if you can't be friends with that person, but you know someone who could be really good friends with that person, like make it happen. And organize a dinner or organize a coffee date or something, anything. But I think meeting friends through friends is a really, really great way. I love that you bring that up because I often think I've had this conversation with other friends where they're like, you meet somebody, you drive really well, and you might have this passing thought, oh, this person would get along with this person really well. Like my two friends should meet. And then I don't know whether it's women. I don't know whether it's just like human beings, but there's also this like moment of saying, well, I don't want them to meet because what if they're better friends than we are? I think it's so important to kind of get over that because so what if they're better friends? (laughs) Like you would have facilitated that. And that's, there's something beautiful in that. Make the dinner date, make the coffee date, make it happen. And, and I kind of have this feeling that that'll be rewarded in heaven. Like, God's going to reward that because you're growing the body of Christ in that in that way and strengthening community in that way. But at the same time, like even if it's not, <laughs> you you still you still did something really amazing. I don't know. I think that that would probably turn around and something like that would also happen if you're willing to take that risk as well. Or that person could introduce you to someone else, which is actually something that happened with another friend of mine. I have. One question, it kind of shifts gears a little bit. We've talked about this before. I'm kind of always amazed, Claire, like your ability, and maybe it's because you're an extrovert and so it just comes naturally to you. I don't know. But I'm always amazed at your ability to like keep the friendships that you have long distance, like even even outside of the stopping by, dropping by their house, that face-to-face interaction, Like, I know that you've lived several different places and you have good friends in all of those places. And just knowing how far you and I live from each other, even if we didn't work together, I think we'd be friends. So, like, how do you do that? (laughs) Do you have tips for 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 me, for for our listeners? Does like does that just come naturally to you or do you do you make it intentional? And being awesome and being Claire is not an acceptable <laughs> answer, even if it is accurate. I mean, it helps if you have really awesome friends that you do want to talk to. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I think I think it's probably both. I think it's both because I am such an extrovert and I need I need people. But 
It's also a lot of intentionality. Like I was talking with my cousins about because I'm no longer on Facebook and I rarely use Instagram. And there's this thought like, oh, what if I miss out on my friends, this and this? I'm like, or you can just call them. <laughs> so I do. And you kind of make that plan like, hey, if you can't talk right now, totally fine. But I just want to let you know that I'm thinking of you. I love sending those texts like, hey, I was just thinking about you and hope you're doing well. That's like one of my favorite texts to send. Because I know that not everyone can be on the phone for three hours or even 30 minutes. But and like you said, Maddie, like you can take your time. You can take three days to text me back. And that's totally fine. But I just want to let you know that I'm thinking of you. I think that's probably the way. I mean, I used to travel a lot more than that helped. I think yeah, being very intentional and in contacting and sending Christmas cards, of course, sending uh, birthday cards or just even sending a card every once in a while just be like hey I'm thinking of you I love that you just said sending Christmas cards of course why wouldn't you not like I don't know I'm terrible every year I make a plan to send Christmas cards and it never works out and I'm I don't know but that does make me think so my mom had has a college friend that you know they've they've just like life has happened and they were really good friends during college and then just kind of life. You know, my mom was a homeschool mom for three kids and, and it was just, is what it is. But every year, like I know her, I know about her. I know her, you know, kind of her story because without fail, this friend of my mom's every year still sends my mom a Christmas card. I really wanted to be better about it because as you said, like it, it's a Christmas card, of course. It's like the easiest thing, except it's really not, because I think I never sent last year's Christmas cards. I always have this feeling like it has to be something big, but it doesn't. It doesn't. And I think that's probably a female thing, or I don't know what it is thing, but it never has to be big, right? Like, the smaller it is, actually, the more meaningful it can be. Also, just gonna just gonna throw it out there, they don't have to come at Christmas. We had some <laughs> friends who would always send theirs... At Easter or sometimes at Valentine's and it was never weird it was always so exciting especially as kids to like get a card in the mail who cares when it comes like what's important is that it's there exactly it's like hey happy summer here's a Christmas card I had a friend who she and I used to exchange uh, postcards whenever we would travel because she traveled a lot and I traveled a lot and that has since died down. But we would send postcards. And I think that's another one. It's like postcards are, I think in the country, it's 27 cents to ch- uh, send. It's really cheap to send. You can even make your own. So that's that's a really easy one, too. You just And you don't have to write a long letter. letter long letter. You just write a little note that says, hi, and... That's it. Work on your Christmas cards. I will. Well, with with number three, having she'll be she'll be born before Christmas, so I'll do it. I'll be on maternity leave, so I don't think I have any excuse. It's called having three kids. <laughs> yeah, like you said, it doesn't have to be anything major, so it'll work. I'm gonna stop using that as an excuse and just do it. Okay, Nike. <laughs> hey, that's not what I meant. But that is my that is my closing advice, I think. I, I've come away from this, and I hope that all of our listeners have too. I hope that you've come away from this with kind of a refreshed feeling of, hey, I'm not alone in all of these jumbled emotions that I get when when facing the prospect of community or even just trying to maintain the community that you have. 
But so my advice, I guess, would just be, you know, I don't know, go out there and make a new friend and do do the things that it takes because even the smallest gesture is going to go pretty far. I think that's kind of the consensus that we've come to from this conversation. I think what will be really fun is if our listeners send us like stories on how they met their friends in their community. I'd love to read that. And maybe we can even share it in a future podcast. And I want to challenge any of our listeners who maybe feel like they don't have a story. Just go out there and make a story. Be a little vulnerable. Start talking to the person behind you in the grocery store. Like, be a little vulnerable. Give it a dip your toe in the water. We really, really want to hear about it. We want to engage with you guys. You're now kind of part of our our little community too. And they should email us anytime they want. Yes. We need more fan mail, so ladies of LifeSite listeners, let's get some fan mail going. Yes, our email is ladies at lifesitenews.com. So please, come on guys, it's not hard. L-A-D-I-E-S at lifesitenews.com. You have no excuses. I just spelled it. We'll link it in the bottom. Email us. We want to hear from you. Please, please, please. Even if it's just a quick little note, send us something. So that wraps up our our episode on community. I'm sure we'll have another one, especially if you send us your stories and questions and who knows what else. Send us a Christmas card. We'd like that too. So any any of those things. But yes, we'll have some links and stuff in the description for subscribing, an easy way to grab our email address that Maddie just so almost cheerleading spelled out for us. She did great. I could just imagine the pom-poms going in the background with Maddie cheering you on. No reason that you can't reach out to us. So anything that you want to share with us, talk to us about, ask questions, introduce yourself, tell us something unique about who you are, where you're from, any of that stuff we'd love to hear. Because as Maddie just said, we're trying to build a Ladies of LifeSite community. So we'd love to hear from you. So there's that. I don't think there's anything else from us. So we'll just say God bless and we'll see you next week. Bye.